0: Hi, I'm Scott Vassilotti. Welcome to Top Picks. Hey, I'm Drew Martin.
1: Hi, I'm Ryan Kite, And here is our first guest. Hey, I'm Alex Martin. Thank you for checking out Top Picks. This is our first episode here. We've been talking about making a podcast for a while, so we're going to give it a shot. And this week's episode, or this episode is on our top five songs that have impacted our lives. Well, thanks, guys, for coming over and, and recording this. Um, I've wanted to do a podcast for a long time. I, I love hanging out with all of you. I think that we're very interesting and entertaining, and we talk about music and movies and stuff like that all the time. And I was like, we should have an episode or we should do like a podcast where we talk about our favorite movies or songs and and I think people could enjoy listening to it and and find and you know, hopefully they have a good time listening to it. And that's why I wanted to do this this podcast. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I I I love listening to podcasts. A majority of my
2: commute is podcasts. When I'm just cleaning around the house, it's all podcasts. I particularly like comedy and I recently got to do not recently, it was probably a year, year and a half ago, I got to do a podcast called I did a thing where I talked about marathon training with Lyme disease. And it was just a fascinating thing to be part of that process. And I have lots of good opinions that people should also believe. So I'm happy to throw that out there.
0: (laughs) For me, it's always been that uh, we have a lot of conversations that seem to turn into quite interesting stories. And I feel like by sharing that with a window of people around us, they can come into our circle and kind of understand why we're giggling and laughing around each other. I know myself as a uh, programmer, I spend all day jumping in between uh, podcasts and music all throughout the day. How much I actually retain of that is uh, up for dispute, I guess. But uh, I can tell you, <laughs> I definitely do enjoy uh, doing because, well, they're free.
3: I'm with Ryan, like a lot of my commute goes between podcasts or music. And I think most times I'm either listening to podcasts about music or movies. So I either want to like listen to the soundtrack of said movie, or I want to actually listen to like the song that's being talked about in it. So so what that's soundtracks are you listening
0: to while a you're A lot commuting? of Dario
2: Argento. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for a spooky commute. A lot, a lot
0: of
4: Argento. It's very hard I yeah. drive with
0: the uh, high beams on, even at the
3: daytime. <laughs> so so that being zone. said, that's, that's the reason I, I was really interested in doing the podcast. And Drew put me in a headlock and said, if you don't do this, you will no I longer be my brother. Wailed so on was, you yeah,
0: it was mercilessly. Weird. It got, it
1: got. I yeah. you. I yeah. thought
0: the cops were going to show up any time, but it turns out it just wasn't uh, abusive. Well, yeah, so that was my like,
1: reason. <laughs> and I, I listen to podcasts constantly. Um, and I just when I was when I was having this idea of like you know starting one, I didn't I didn't know where to kind of go. It's like at one point I wanted to do something that was like very political, and then I kind of thought like I don't think anyone cares Scott, what I, what I think. Scott's hot just, Yeah, <laughs> Scott's hot take. And then I realized. That if anyone is wondering – like I don't think a lot of people are wondering how I feel about it. Like, um, I think a lot of people are issues. trying to avoid that side of yeah. the world right now. It's
0: kind of like why I enjoy fantasy and sci-fi so much. Yeah. I want anything but the real world yeah. at the yeah. moment. So it's know?
2: a dose so, of escapism.
0: Yeah. yeah escapism. So I was like, you know, I do really like,
1: escape like pop culture stuff. <laughs> so maybe not do politics. Because that would, that would. I think everyone who knows me knows how I feel, which is not good when you turn on the news a lot. So I feel like we should, we, sorry, <laughs> we should like kind of just keep it to pop culture and uh, and doing our top five. So I'm very happy that we're doing this podcast. And so, how
0: did you uh, come up with your uh, top five, there, Scott?
1: My, for, all right. So for the first topic, again, the top five songs that um, impacted your life. I had a very difficult time making this list, and I feel like if you like tomorrow, it could be different after especially hearing what some of you are going to say. I'm going to be like, Oh, I totally forgot about that song because how impacting your life you could take it in so many ways. It, it could be like this song impacted my life because it led me getting into a genre of music, this song impacted my life because it's like it helped me get through college, it, it was a moment of my life, where I got like I was. I started my new career when I bought this album and this is all I listened to whenever I got my new job or whatever. So there's so many ways that impact your life. You, you, could, you could interpret impact in your life. So I had a very, very difficult time coming up with this list. So what I, what I did was when I made my list, I had like one song that was, you know, uh, like a chapter in my life that, you know, this helped me, like, this is what I listened to a lot through college. Yeah, and that's exactly how I came up
2: with my list. I thought about milestone moments and what horizons in particular were expanded by music because I think we have a history with it. There's the stuff we grew up on. There's the stuff that we discover on our own, and each one of those kind of takes you down a different path. But, Ryan, did you have...
0: My approach is a little bit different. I've always been a very uh, visual kind of person, and... Music videos. I have grown up addicted to the form, the medium of music videos. And yes. so I, as I kind of went through my list of what songs were really important to me, I noticed that uh, a few of the songs that would have made my top five actually fell off because they didn't have a video that had impacted me so well. And maybe even a few of the songs that aren't necessarily the best songs like, kind of got elevated a little bit because, frankly, I know I've seen these videos like a hundred times, you know? So I think it's it was definitely a personal uh, point of communication, I guess, for myself, knowing that I really am influenced by the visual
2: component of the music I listen to. It's hard to separate those. Sorry, just real quick. I mean, I was thinking about my top songs, and I thought to myself, like, what about this Tool song? And then I think back to myself, well, really, it was the... Creepy-ass Claymation that really excited me about that. Oh,
0: this is where Nightmares come from. (laughs) God, that was (laughs) the influence. Yeah, you're right,
1: because especially with Tool, their music videos were just clay and... Like it was like a night. It was like a nightmare at times. Like some of their videos and
2: groundbreaking to and it, elementary grand- to middle school. Yeah, where yeah. your your little mind is blown. Yeah. But Alex, how'd you come up with yours? Uh, I didn't use any sort
3: of formula, short of like what I grew up with. Um, I don't have a top five. I don't. There's no hierarchy in my list. It's yeah. just like five songs. I'm just gonna throw mm-hmm. out there different periods in my life that's basically how I, I did it. I have
2: to tell you alex so for listeners who may not know alex and i are brothers and i'm two years older than alex and we grew up with a lot of the same music we had to share a lot of the same music so with- it's gonna be a lot of blues travelers
4: what
2: do you think you no i i it's funny you've heard me tell these stories over <laughs> and over again and i think half of my choices you probably already know and you're gonna be like I knew you would say that. I knew it. I will. I won't interrupt you, but
3: it's gonna be. It'd be awesome if our top five was the same. No, it's I think the same gonna, list. I think
2: I'm just gonna see you rolling your eyes because you or heard, the, heard these. Uh, narratives. The other angle, maybe you call them out and say that's definitely not one of your songs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> <laughs> I know for a fact, in
2: '92 you were not listening to Tripping Days. <laughs> so I guess with that, Scott, you want to <laughs> start us with your first selection, not necessarily your. I I didn't rank them. I don't think anyone here ranked them. No. no, I, no.
1: I did rank mine. Oh, oh I did rank mine. Okay. Five. Yeah. So but and no one else did. It, it doesn't matter, but I did rank mine. Yeah, you're wrong in mentioning In my apologize for sort of listeners. Yeah. My number Hi, Mom. <laughs> My number five song. So my number five is uh it's by Tool, who is one of my favorite bands. Hey, I was on with that. And uh and it's and it's called the Swamp Song. And it's off of the Undertow album, which is a great album. And when I say like five songs that impacted my life, this it does not necessarily mean my favorite song. Because Tool is one of my, I would say probably top five favorite bands. But this is not Sounds one of like my top. Th- yeah, yeah. This is not one of my top five songs from them. But this was the first Tool song that I heard huh. in sixth grade. Yeah, and that song, which I would play, but we don't own the rights to any of these songs, so we can't play it. Yo, is... uh, support us on Patreon, so we
0: can <laughs> buy the rights to Toolset. No, Just no, keep that going. Good. If
2: we get hard enough, we can actually buy the bands. Yeah.
1: But that that chorus, uh, that I hope it
2: sucks you down. down.
1: Yeah, yeah, is. and it's like it's real emotional and it's real heavy. Yeah. And I remember listening to it in sixth grade, where everyone else was listening to music that. That I just, I, I couldn't take. It was very boy band. It was very, you know, corn uh, and limb biscuit and stuff like that. And that just wasn't for, for me, even, so even though I probably did love corn like in sixth grade. But still, I was, it, but when I heard Tool, I was like, this is so different. And it was, it just really inspired me to listen to a, like a different type of music. And I thought the guitar work was great and the vocals were unbelievable. And that song then led me to listening to some of their other stuff, um, which is just like even more mind blowing. And so that's why I put the Swamp song, because it opened the world of one of my favorite bands. I have a quick question.
0: Did you ever find yourself intelligent enough to understand tools. No,
2: Ryan, all. that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah. I, that's no that yeah. You have zero. No one can understand maybe experience Keenan. tool. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> funny, I, I had a similar experience. I was in I was in I think sixth grade the first time I saw a tool video at my friend Cameron's house and it just floored me. Yeah. I had never seen I I, I What I, was the video? Stingfest. I believe it was Stinkfist, yeah. mm-hmm. which a, is interesting a, that you heard Undertow before you heard. I heard Undertow. I heard the Undertow album before yeah. Anima. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people heard Enema first. Enema and was my first. So and yeah. uh, it has that impact. Maybe that's why they get kind of a bad rap for being this navel-gazing. Yeah pseudo intellectual band but really it's a, it's smart music it's well composed music they're good songwriters yeah, they're amazing live shows from the casual tool perspective over here so yeah
0: right it's like the the only non tool like, <laughs> i never no i mean i never really got into tool uh, uh perfect circle is definitely more my taste yeah um, yeah uh, just and they share the same lead singer they share right? the same It'll lead singer but for me uh, uh this is i guess it would be like a runner up but uh I remember my friend, uh, Ollie, got me into this game uh, called Blood uh, for the PC, and I would play
2: uh, Perfect Circle while uh, going around blasting demons back to H-E-Double Hockey hey, real, real quick, I, I, I'm going to throw another topic out there. This is going to be a mini topic, a topic within a topic. Okay. So you got Blood and Tool. Yeah. What, what, What albums or songs did you listen to while gaming? I can tell you my... Best of Anime's Wages of Sin. With what hmm. video game? Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. That is a uh, great... Wait, the THPS 2 soundtrack,
0: soundtrack is good enough. I, I mean, at a certain point, so it you burn out on It's not good
1: enough. So wow. I need a better soundtrack. It's a fantastic soundtrack. soundtrack. But it <laughs> I will say... telling, bad religion. Yeah, Zebrahead. But, but Wages of
2: Sin, I just re- yeah. re-listened to it. It still slaps. It slaps so hard. Yeah. It, it is a... I'm a little embarrassed that I listened to it as hard as I did, but... Why? Ah... I don't know. Look, I, I want to throw out one ground rule of this podcast, and just for my philosophy in general, there are no guilty pleasures, there are only pleasures. <sighs> you like what you like, and you no like one can take like. that from yeah. you. So, like, all those years that I spent playing Toe Jam & Earl 2 Panic on Funkatron while listening to Blink-182, yeah. don't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. I got to I check was in real quick,
0: though, because, again, the
2: soundtrack to that video game was amazing. It is good. And I'm a purist. But here, here's, here's a caveat to it. I saw Alex play a combined... 250 hours of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. So if he exhausted the soundtrack, That's I don't blame so him. Good. Maybe it is time to move. I mean, play. I know it inside now. Yeah. So, Scott, what was your video game music
1: uh, mashup? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a big gamer yeah. as, as in the rest of you are. Yeah. So that would be tough. Now, I did play a lot of Tony Hawk, but I thought that soundtrack was just pop punk and yeah. great music. And I was like, I could but you say that the that.
0: music draw uh, drew you into the game. If anything, right? So yeah, the power of that was the selling yeah. point. Absolutely. I mean, besides, for, I mean, the
2: games that. were yeah. incredibly I designed. The
3: soundtrack on the first one might be better, but since I played the second one so much, and yeah. it has so much like I don't do, memory, the, do you still do
0: was well, like Good. less than Jake on there too? Had Goldfinger. Were, yeah, yeah. Goldfinger. that was yeah. the first. Do you one guys right still right? go back on Spotify and look up the mixes every Heck once yeah, in a while. Like, Heck oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. Heck what, yeah! Uh, speaking of that, what was your uh, your uh, song that you're going to choose next?
2: Oh, uh, so my number five is uh, "Smells Like Nirvana" by uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, so I don't know if anyone else has Weird Al on their list, but the no. thing that stands out to me about Weird Al is that he was my gateway to music. Mm-hmm. I grew up listening to nothing but country, pop country, and 70s rock music through my dad, and very little pop in our house. So really, I grew up blind and deaf to Michael Jackson and Mm, to the things that were happening in in contemporary culture, and my friend turned me on to Weird Al, maybe mixtapes. And I heard smells like Nirvana, but I had never really heard punk music before. This must have been second grade. Yeah, yeah. And and all I don't the think tapes. That, uh song came out too long
0: after the original song, right? I mean, oh no, it was, no, it was like almost an immediate response. Immediate response, yeah. and, and it was condoned by the band. Like they actually, yeah, were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They,
1: they they
2: loved it. And, and loved guys, it. I I did I did a little research before I came in here because sure. I wanted to be knowledgeable about this uh, whole thing.
0: Audience, you're gonna learn something today.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna educate y'all Getting on. So it's the just it's just funny what Weird Al was doing with this song. So the lyrics are, what is this song all about? Can't figure any lyrics out. How did the words to it go? I wish you'd tell me. I don't know. He's just railing on – he's not really making fun of Kurt Cobain. He's just saying that most modern rock music, you can't discern what they're saying. And honestly, up until a couple of years ago, I don't think I knew – the lyrics oh, to, yeah. to, to smells like, it smells like yeah. not, I know, felt like the, uh, yeah. yeah, my libido. Yeah. Like I, I thought he, at the but end, you felt the, saying, uh, you felt the energy of the song. Baby. Oh, oh so that and emotions. that, and that, and I'm that glad you brought oh, that up because yeah. weird Al did so many things with his music. He introduced me to other music. He uh, satirized music in such a smart, Way and just really got to the core of what was being said there. It wasn't just a guy coming up with funny words. He was commenting on the music itself. Yeah, yeah, and true. and when I heard that riff and the, the, the tenor of the song, I became fascinated with it. And I, I still remember being in the bathtub as a little kid and yeah. I had the radio on and Smells Like Teen Spirit came on. And I got so excited to hear this punk Those song. Those bubbles didn't stay in the bathtub, I was like, did they? Well, I jumped up. I jumped out of the bathtub and I ran naked out of the
4: bathtub.
2: And I, <laughs> I, was, yelling, I was yelling. I was yelling. I was like, this is the Weird Al song. This is the Weird And I'm like – And your parents are like, great. Put on a towel. Go clean up the sun.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: right.
2: Yeah. You track it. But I felt like – I felt like Steve Martin in The Jerk, you know, when yeah. he like finally gets the rhythm, you know, yep. and he can find, and he's like, oh my God, you got to hear this. And he like brings everyone around the radio. Yeah. Like that was the moment for me. And it led me to punk music. And that was a large part of my pop culture music diet for so
1: long. And right. it still is. Now real quick, how you said that, that led kind of introduced sure. your world to, to, to music. Yeah. Um, just to kind of real quick go back to Tool's Swamp Song, I would say that kind of opened my world to not just Tool, who, as I said, is one of my favorite bands, but it got me listening to the Deftones, yeah. and it got me listening to it's Gateway Band, yeah, a, a yeah. honorable gateway mention would, by the
2: way. I don't know if yeah. Deftones made it to anyone's list. I, I thought about it. it. I definitely but, thought. Well, oh, Deftones, like, was it Be def- Quiet and Drive? No, no and dry. I told you
3: mine would be Viral. It's like one of the last yeah. tracks yeah. off Adrenaline. Uh, Adrenaline. Yeah. Adrenaline. yeah. Adrenaline, yeah. yeah. Uh, viral and. Uh, Seven Words. No. What's the one after that? I mean, Seven Words. Seven Words, words is yeah, <laughs> seven words amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. the song. The, the song so after
1: "Firal." Oh, well, yeah. let's up. Get
2: yeah. Meyer Down in yeah. Detail yeah. Fist. Yeah.
1: thank you. But but, <laughs> but Tool was a gateway band for, for me. They sure. got me listening to stuff that that was not going to be played on MTV and it was not going to you know have a ton of play on like DC 101 or something. Yeah. So. Very similar to how you picked your top five. Yeah, or so your kind of leaning in so, in you know, on my so right, side, uh, yeah, right, Brian.
0: Uh, music really wasn't one of the big influencers in my life until I'd say like college it was I would go on a few uh, music video websites and this is before YouTube and Vimeo and all those other music sharing sites really were popular. There's a few places where you were downloading music videos, like the individual videos directly from websites where curators were just going all over the world and finding stuff. And that way you were exposed to bands well outside of the streams that you were normally listening to. I I guess unless you were perusing like college radio all the time or Mm -hmm. had friends in a vinyl shop that was letting you know what the cool trendy stuff was from some European area and stuff like that. And, uh, the first song that uh, I thought of when I, we did this uh, uh, topic was uh, this song by this band, uh, this one guy, Electronic Act, called uh, Frank Music, and this song is called uh, Three Little Words, and I remember it being this video where it was pretty simplistic. It was just this uh, guy that looked like a dude that probably watched soccer at the pub on a Saturday or something like that, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was a giant keyboard up in this <laughs> uh, space, like kind of like big, you would think a big yeah. and he starts singing the song. That's just catchy. Like it was one of the first like earworm songs I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden these two supporting dancers on the left and right of him, And this song, uh, three little words comes out where, it's like, you know, in my interpretation, it's like how hard it can be to say those three words to someone that's expecting it. And you really can never get around to saying it, I guess, you know, and kind of literally dancing around the issue. So, so you'd say it's like a pop song that was also an earworm
3: that had like social relevance to you yeah, or like...
0: I'd, I'd say so. Because I mean, like in college, you know, there definitely was, uh, yeah, at college was a, you know, a very, uh, amorphous time of feelings sure. when you're trying to figure yourself out and, Part of that was discovering who you were. And, you know, I know back then I was never ready to say three uh, little words. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are those besides, I uh, love you? No, more like, let's order
2: pizza. Yeah. Um,
3: okay. All right.
0: It's usually what. Uh, I figured I'd there go was go some
3: out. ambiguity in there. I just didn't on <laughs> no. it. Want to watch anime.
2: That's <laughs> <is, laughs> those three words. Yeah. My,
3: uh, my, my song, yeah. I, I'm going to go, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Doors' "Break On Through." Wow! And I, well, I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not a
2: huge Doors fan. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no
1: one is. And I'm. <laughs> <laughs> what about
2: that? The Doors don't like the Doors, man. <laughs> but what about that lizard king tattoo you got last week? <laughs> well, that's on my
3: lower
4: back. Classic so no electric. Yeah. Uh,
3: no, I, I have. Uh, I would say the Doors' "Break On Through" and then. I'm gonna couple that, sorry, it's a twofer with mm-hmm. Beach Boys, wouldn't it be nice? Oh. I know specifically because my, my mom had a five disc changer in the basement with this receiver and I would constantly put on the Beach Boys and the Doors, but I really like that song and like dad showed me how to like skip tracks in order to find the one so that I actually you just repeat the yeah. same song. So i yeah. play Break On Through. I would do um, Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. And Mom had a bunch of like crappy country albums like Crystal Gale and stuff I never listened to. Yeah. And then I think the... Third one I really liked is escaping me. So that's my one slash two songs for kind of a tie
1: for your fifth song. Yeah, well, I mean just did. because
3: like I Beach Boys had the vocal harmonies, which I really really appreciate. Yeah. They're amazing songwriters. Yes. Like Kokomo is like okay cool. Like there it's catchy, but it's not. It wasn't the song
0: for me. Well, like, growing up together, we used to spend a lot of time in the Potomac River listening to the Beach Boys at Uncle Sean's. Uh, place, at, yeah, uh, we were you know, the River Boys listening, the River boys to, the listening Beach to the Beach Boys, boys. and the Doors. The,
3: beaches. the Doors. It was just like, it was really heavy despite yeah. that they had no guitar. That was like a Hammond B3 organ, and it was heavy as all get out. So I was like,
2: okay, like he's yeah. yelling. This is kind of cool. It's kind of in a way like the first metal ish band that you're. Oh, I'll get there. Friend. To-
3: well I'll get there.
2: <laughs> but what I, what I want to say about it, Wouldn't It Be Nice is just the thing that strikes me, not just the melody of that song, but the lyrical content to it it's this wish fulfillment song yeah it's a song it's a pain it's a painful song it's about being young and wanting to get away with yeah. the person that you're in love with and this fantasy of being with them and hey wouldn't it be great and you know honestly we have kind of actualized those fantasies for ourselves if you think about it each of us are in relationships and there there's no more wouldn't it be nice yeah yeah my wouldn't it be nice is going home, making dinner, and watching Netflix with my wife, mm. and it kind of feels like yeah, it is nice, man. Yeah. I know what you're saying, Brian Wilson. Mine would be uh, wouldn't be nice.
0: Wouldn't if bass- it be nice?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what do
0: you got for number two, Brad?
1: All right, so uh, number I guess my second song, but number I ranked mine, so number four oh. is "Understanding in a Car Crash" Ooh. by the band Thursday. Ooh. Oh yeah, and, car crash. Yeah. And, I always thought that song was about heroin. Ooh. I don't know how, because i never heard the <laughs> name of the song. But well, you know I don't, don't know what it hero is. is <laughs> but but I, I picked Understanding in a Car Crash by Thursday, and I chose it because I, I am a runner, and mm-hmm. running is really important to me, and this song was one of the songs that I listened to when I first started getting into running. Yeah. I was living in Alabama, um, and I was in 10th grade, so this is 2002, I think, 2001, 2002, I think it's down somewhere in that ballpark and I listened to Thursday back in ninth grade and then I moved to Alabama when I was in 10th grade and it was tough moving you know whenever I lived in Maryland my whole entire life and now I, I have to go to Alabama so one thing that I did was since I didn't know anybody or anything um down there I I was like I'm just gonna start running mm-hmm. and I listened to a lot of like pop punk and and hardcore and emo and all that and I uh, and I loved Thursday. So I remember when I first started running, I would put on Understanding in a car crash and that was like one of the like that song I would just go like full speed. Just mm-hmm. like sprint and I when I do my long runs. Well, like checking both
0: ways when crossing streets and all that yeah, stuff, right? Uh, yeah, Without absolutely. losing yourself in a crash.
1: Road. But right. even like when I go on my like long runs now and I I tend to to end my runs on um doing a lot of hills Mm -hmm. so i get pretty tired especially if i'm running you know 15 16 17 miles or whatever and like towards the end of my run i'm in the neighborhood right behind me and i'm like going up these hills if i ever need like that extra adrenaline you know that push i just put on that song and i just feel like full speed like yeah and it so it helped me get into running i still like it um Alex and Drew and I saw a Thursday back in March where they played that album from full claps from front to back at the autobar and that's the opening track on that album. Yeah, I don't think there was and a soul in that club that wasn't singing along yeah, to that yeah. to that song. And, and even then, I was like, like people oh, the street, my god, this song period. is
2: like so good, yeah, so good. Yeah, that, um, that screaming finale to yeah. the end of the song just fills you with so much raw emotion, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of incredible how yes. motivating that can be. And it's a it's a sad song.
4: Yeah,
1: it's a sad. It's not song. necessarily like a pick me up. But it's so heavy, and there's so much. Like, again, the, the vocals at the end with like the screaming. Yeah. Like I said, I could it, I could just sprint straight. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. so so powerful. So yeah. that's that's what made me pick that. Drew, what's your uh, number four? Yeah,
2: I mean, I thought I did think about some Thursday stuff, and for the same reason, it motivates me. And now, when I really need that boost at the end of a long exercise session. I find myself going back, Ryan. You might back me up on this. Uh, that song, I Want to Dance with Somebody. There's something about... I literally just wrote it on my sheet. Did you? Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. I'll count it
0: I'll as a a Ladies five. and gentlemen, <laughs> we Listen. have... A consensus.
2: Oh. It might be the greatest song of all time, and I and I want to tell you all. That is that
0: your number four? When no, no, like no, it, no. Right?
2: I, it was. It's just a song that I thought about, and it's. A it was song like definitely I, one of my like you know runner-ups and all. But that. here's the a, here's the funny thing, thing is that before this podcast. Uh, Spoiler alert, we were all talking to each other about how we were going to do this And Mm. there's some thought behind it And we're all very careful not to reveal our picks So picking something as obscure as I want to dance with somebody uh, (laughs) I wouldn't say very obscure No,
3: uh, because Maybe a forgotten gem um, I have a stance that you both picked
2: it Yeah Yeah. Why why don't we just talk about that song?
1: I mean, I'm perfectly fine doing that It's here you know, and it's uh, on my running playlist. I know it's on yours. Is it on your? It, it's so on my car. Makes when I drive an hour. So two Whitney from Houston, work, I, I just want to dance walk. with somebody. Is on all
0: of our running. So, playlists. I'll start with this. I'll start yeah. with this if you don't mind. No, uh, go from a
1: music that, that, video that song
0: does from a music, uh, music video perspective. Like, uh, it's one of like the just. I think you really got to know who Whitney Houston was when she was growing up and becoming. Uh, what eventually would be this huge personality, you know, before, uh, you know, I think uh, she got carried away, we'll say, with uh, yeah. everything else. But she was, uh, you know, just blossoming into like this powerful person with an amazing vocal range. She was a presence. A presence in on itself. The video is just goofy <laughs> and so much fun. You know, I find myself watching it, listening to it. All the time, not while driving, uh, while parked in front of a computer or something like that. You know, so like, I don't
2: think I've seen the video. What happens in the video? It's, uh,
0: if I remember yeah, correctly, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it's, it's, Hold on, hold on. Uh, Can I
2: guess? Can I guess? Uh, sorry, because I, I, most 80s music videos, they would like show up in an alleyway, like a brick alleyway with a bunch of cameras. And they'd be like, well, everybody, here's some costumes and uh, you're all just going to jump up and dance." Oh, there's always
0: yeah. uh, there's always like, you know, the, the cutaway scenes, like to the backup dancers, <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with the video. Uh, she's dancing and all that stuff. I think it's the one because it's been about a year or two since I've listened to it. But we I think Pause it and watch it. Sure, we can absolutely do yeah. that. I don't know if we'll get back to it, but uh, uh, it, it's just one of those, like, it just screams 80s. Like, yeah. it actually yeah. screams 80s. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't remember if it's exactly the one where she's in a fun house, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, you know, and she's walking around, there's balloons everywhere, and she's trying to uh, find her way to her ultimate dance partner, I guess, but I can guarantee there's lots of dancing that Yeah,
1: yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. I, I, when because it, it is on one of my running playlists, um, and whenever I run, I, I'm like really I'm a real animated runner. Like I, 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 finger I sing, pointing. I I, I fist pump, I, and when that song goes around, I know cars have had to drive by and be like, look at that dude. and Look little
4: at do, this jerk. so angry about. Little
1: do they know I'm rocking out to Whitney Houston. Yeah, the sweaty, skinny
2: man running along the side of Ballad, well, wherever yeah. you're running. You know, and it's funny because I have the same reaction to songs when I'm running and listening to them, and I'm just yeah. throwing them out there, and really, like, yeah. if people 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 could hear what's in your head. That's the problem with headphones, right? It traps it in. Do you think they might... Uh, understand why this man's
0: flailing. Yeah. you know. I like mean, if, if they knew, they knew that you're listening to
2: "Understanding" in a car crash or yeah. Whitney Houston, Which I, yeah, I definitely. If they could hear what you out. were hearing, you they know, know. the yeah.
0: advent of uh, they portable would fist speakers pump too. Yeah. Yeah. They would too. You gotta uh, make an array of portable speakers across your uh, running vest, yeah. you know, and yeah. charge up with a car battery. Yeah. And yeah. why not go and just let everybody in the
2: block around just let everybody know? What's yeah. up. Uh, so uh, my number yeah, four. Uh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. boy, we are getting yeah. tangential. tangential. Um, but uh, my number four, uh, Alex is going to roll his eyes. But it is "Thunder Kiss '65" by the band White Zombie. Um, oh, yes. So just a little it's backstory. It is a great song. It is a great song. <laughs> great song. A great song. So. I feel bad because a lot of these, I I feel like we don't have a diverse enough group here. Everyone's heard the same songs. Everyone's thinking of the same songs. We all have very similar music tastes. So really, if you aren't in this kind of niche, I mean, I know you probably didn't expect us to talk about Whitney Houston for five minutes, but... You know, uh, we, we have very similar music taste, but this one hit me early and it hit me hard. My aunt was cleaning cars for a living for a while and she was cleaning out one car and she found this creepy CD with a whole bunch of demons playing drums and guitar on it. She handed it to me and she was like, I don't know what this is. You can have it. I, Here you go, little kid. Yeah. make bad like decisions. And I put it on and I started listening to it. And if that song. Drew looked at that CD and said,
4: yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that is Eat the zombie. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that is what Rob Zombie says. It hit me so hard and it threw open the gates to heavy music for me in a way that I hadn't explored before. And moreover, I think what Rob Zombie does that other artists have tried to do and maybe not done as well as he did or at the time that he did is kind of introduce this theatrical element to his music, the samples that you hear in those songs and the fantastic imagery that he uses and the overt references to horror films and fantasy and the occult. It all makes for a very, Ryan, you said you like a music video to go with Mm. your songs. You can just listen to white zombie and get a sense of what's going on. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted to, I wanted to give you guys a little uh, taste of what was going on in thunder kiss 65. Uh the 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 lyrics are just indecipherable. It's it and, uh, he says, Well, sweet little sisters high as hell, cheating on a halo, grind in an odyssey, a holocaust, a heart kicking on tomorrow. Rob what? Yeah, Rob, what are we talking about? He and <laughs> Gavin Rossdale were together writing yeah. lyrics. So, so this high chorus, as hell. This chorus, he's saying the demon warp is coming alive in 1965. 555 555 five, five, five. Rob sit down. Yeah. Rob
4: what <laughs> are we talking about here? I
0: have a couch over here and I'm going to just go ahead and get my clipboard Buddy, out. We're just going to pour you I poured, you, that I
2: poured you a nice cool hat. glass of milk and we're going to suss out yeah. hey what's hey, going on? Rob Rob here's a hug. You want hug?
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what it's it, what it hug? Here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think I think
0: what so it give really give me that,
4: give me that hug. Oh.
2: What it what it was? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's not therapy. <laughs> give me that hug. I think I think really it just opened up all of these things for me, and it 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 gave me this lifetime love. And Alex, I know you feel the same way. We've kind of been hung up on classic. Film and horror since mm-hmm. we were little, and it just speaks to all these things that kind of made me me. And I think that's the power of that song and his music. And yeah. it's not like I'm the world's biggest White Zombie fan. It just changed that trajectory for me. It made me, I think, a quirkier kid. Yeah, and it it was a it was a good influence on me overall. Well, I also think we we discovered
3: a lot of horror backwards from that because yeah. I remember Sarah bringing over a copy of White Zombie on DVD. And it was coupled with the Devil Bat, two Bella Lugosi features, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is what White Zombie is based it's been, on." This has
2: been missing, yeah,
3: yeah. So I definitely watched it, and I I like White Zombie a lot more than the Devil Bat, but I just yeah. thought that was super cool. Well, and even that, that's a painful. That's a slow good vocal.
0: point to make, though, because it it's amazing mm. to not one just fall in love with the song that you choose, but also kind of see where the. Uh, uh, influences are. You yeah. Know, see where they came from. And that opens up a whole other. I think if listeners. you asked Rob Zombie right now, he would probably tell
3: you kiss. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't write, uh, those songs. It was actually the bassist, uh, Sean y- Yolts or whatever. Mm. She was the, the primary songwriter for all of white zombie. Yeah. yeah was she really, she was. That that's interesting. Cause I'm not, I know. I knew that. Song. I read, I read her book. Uh, yes. I'm with the band. Because, I mean, it was just – it was actually kind of cool because she talked a lot about, like, everyone was like, oh, you like, uh, you a groupie or something? She was like, no, like, I'm primary I'm, songwriter. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I'm in yeah. the I write zombie. the songs. I write and the she songs. said most of the dudes from Pantera were, like, the people that treated her mostly as, like, an equal.
2: Which hey, I thought was- can we have a quick sidebar about Pantera? I uh, gave Vulgar Display a power of listen again. And, boy, howdy, guys. We were just talking about running <laughs> albums. Oh, and yeah. if that album doesn't slap you – Square in the in well, the you, mall. You yeah. use it for
3: running, right? Yeah. So you're not gonna walk.
4: No. Which is tear song. For it. The people All right,
1: there.
0: so hit us with your number four. Yeah. yeah. So wow. going on to that uh, songs that really kind of brought it back around that were kind of out there. I'd say uh, I remember I have fond memories growing up at the. Uh, uh, it was the Mount Airy, uh, pizza hut and I have so many
1: good memories there too. Yeah. and I don't know why cause it's just pizza hut. Where and was Mount the
4: Newt. pizza Oh yeah. Right off,
1: right off of like 70. It's like and, the only uh, thing there. And, uh, one of the things
0: we, uh, used to do was it's between mm-hmm. that one and the one in the, uh, Woodbine Lisbon area. Oh yeah. Right so far yeah. away. They used to have a uh, vinyl player there. And I remember, you know, parents would give us like a dollar juice to box. A juice box yeah. and uh, we'd go hit that thing up and to us it was like foreign technology, like something just got snuck No, we had like, one in the basement at grandma's it house. Work, man. Like we spent a lot of time yeah. breaking those. But the coolest thing though was yeah. like back in the day with albums like that is you had uh you know, uh, uh, illustrations like cover art and everything, you know, and that was something that yeah, drew yeah. you in. Yeah. And so you imagine my surprise when I see, uh, you know, uh, Bat Out of Hell. Yeah. By uh, Meatballs, oh. and I see this guy on a uh, uh, motorcycle
2: with uh, bats, <laughs> like literally out of hell and everything. And what comes out is the.
0: Or
4: <laughs> <laughs> How
2: many kids bought that album? T-
0: <laughs> and we're like,
2: oh, this is what it sounds yeah. like.
0: And so, uh, well, getting right to it, to each their own, I guess I'll yeah. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not – You crud- like what you like. You like what you like. Yeah. And there, the point I'll make is is that it, it opened up this uh, this guy that was definitely like – I would describe him as uh, one of my favorite comedians, but Jack Black before Jack Black was yeah. around. Yeah. And yeah. Meat Loaf was this – you know, anti, uh, uh, rockier where he was heavier set. He looked like he was always like, I don't know, recovering from like a, a feverish attack or something like that. He was always yeah. sweating and all that stuff. <laughs> and there was this song, uh, called, uh, paradise by the dashboard light that, uh, described, I think a lot of, uh, we'll keep it kind of PG, but the, uh, the, uh, it, perfectly summed up uh, the angst of being uh, in high school and everything else, you know, and uh, the kind of experiences that follow along with that. And that just kind of opened it up to me where uh, the video for it was like this, uh, seeing him for the first time and seeing him surrounded by uh, this beautiful woman, like doing all these things. I'm just like, what is going on here because this is the sex a, symbol that he is, yeah. that he is yeah. completely to the antithesis of everything else i'm seeing on mtv at the time you yeah. know and it just stood out to me like i was just like this is absolutely amazing
1: go ahead scott that with with that song paradise by the dashboard like do you remember this is this is probably like 10 years ago we 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 yeah i know exactly at what you're saying yeah. did karaoke and me and you went up there And just, we sang Paradise by the Dash for, Light and, like, and just crushed it. Like, we were up there dancing. Like, no, everyone else who got up there at that point just, like, held the microphone Kind of dance or just sang a little bit. That mean you went up there and we Slugging were swinging around. From what
2: i I want to say that that's an eight and a half minute song <laughs> and, and of, the whole thing. Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> the ultimate jerk song to pick during karaoke. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I put jute by like songs Dude, on the jute. I would purposely you, go I on you. at like
3: a pool pool hall or whatever. I would purposely find the songs you could download and I put on like the longest Nile song I could because it was a 11 minutes of just straight death metal. That's, that's the biggest bang I could get for my buck. I was just like, all right, man,
0: here we go. Yeah. And I appreciate that about you being officially responsible. Man. Thank you. I, quick, side,
2: quick sidebar on meatloaf. I want to say that my introduction to him was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, same. And yep. that whole sequence of him, if that doesn't make you a punk rock, the Hop- knuckle
0: tattoos.
1: What, what yeah. hero. was uh, it? Bless, yeah. yeah, bless, bless my, bless I my really soul. I really love that rock and roll. Uh, fond yeah. memories roll. of
0: uh, <laughs> a sweet friend from back in school days that would have Halloween parties. And we would never finish that, watching that movie because it was really hard to get a bunch of kids to sit down and watch one yeah. movie and all that yeah. so. I
3: don't know if mine can top. Meatloaf, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna go out, uh, smashing pumpkins to forgive off melancholy. Oh, no. And I'll say because that is the oh. I, ever every breakup I've ever had. That's been the breakup album, and that's the one song that that I'll constantly go back to. There's something weird in the beginning, and I've tried like researching his guitar tone and everything he's done in order to get that like weird reverb distortion in the beginning of that song. But to me, that's like. Arguably one of the best Smashing Pumpkins songs. Um, It's what made me like the... I think when Drew and I were growing up, our sister was the biggest Smashing Pumpkins fan. She had Mm -hmm. multiple shirts, multiple posters. Yeah. And like my interest in it grew and I think might have even surpassed Allison's despite that I'm insanely jealous that she saw the original lineup uh, and our friend Pat saw them on the Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness tour. So... That, that's, for me, that's uh, one of the... That's a great pick. The greatest
1: yeah. song. That's, that's a great yeah. pick.
2: You know, and the lyric that haunts me in that song, uh, and I, I, I hear that song pretty often. I listen. I revisit that album often. He has this lyric, and I remember my birthdays. Empty, empty party, party afternoons, afternoons so won't I come exactly back. Conversation.
1: Holy crow, man. Well, do you remember, I mean, a lot of that, I mean, it's called Melancholy Infinite Sadness. <laughs> a lot of songs I was like so it's a sad album it's a bummer it's a, a, it's it's a bummer. Yeah. you're not doing this so, as a pick me up to get no, all of your life that. afterwards so when they when they did their tour mm-hmm. and not that this song the song I'm about to talk about is not on that album yeah but when they when they did their tour last, last year and it was you know what three out of the four original members mm-hmm. and we all well we went to see it. You were in England or somewhere. So you Most of us it. went to go see it. Yeah, Three out of four ain't so bad. And, 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 yeah, Hey, <laughs> yep, pick yep, up. There, yep, there you go. Keep and it. I remember the opening track that they – or the first song that they played, they, 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 they came out – or just Billy Corgan came out and they played Disarm, mm-hmm. which uh, is one of my favorite Pumpkin songs. And that's on um, Sidney's mm-hmm. Dream. But – to go along with like the like that the lyric you just said, how sad it was. Mm-hmm. I remember like he gets out there and he has his guitar and all the images in the background are like his mm-hmm. school picture and oh, it says yeah, like yeah. Zero, yeah. zero 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 on it, face crossed and, yeah, out, face crossed out. And I'm like, oh my god. Well, I like, think that also, this show's like, been going on for four minutes, yeah. and I'm like. Brink of Tears. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was, it was like, like a nice throwback
3: to like the artwork inside of Siamese Dream that yeah. it was all those like vintage 30s mm-hmm. and
2: 40s. Photographs,
3: if they're Billy Corgan's family in those photos, I have
2: no idea. I guess it's like late '60s, early '70s. The 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 photographs that like they were showing because it was all like pictures of his childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I love that aesthetic because it's like Billy Corgan wants you to feel as nostalgic as he does. I mean, that's the quintessence of that song. I I honestly think think they're sharing his art with somebody. who's trying to their their art direction
3: on their records. I think is so cool. Yeah,
2: it's it's very evocative. He wants you to like the song 1979 is so fully oh, yeah. realized because, like, that is even if you didn't live through that year, you feel it the way yeah. he describes it, you feel it. And I love Billy Corgan as a song that that music video that.
3: fills me with so
1: much nostalgia, so, happiness, and yeah. Side note, real quick, I'm happy you brought that up because Ryan, as we heard earlier, is a big music video guy. I am not. I'm not a diehard musical, a music video fan. Mm-hmm. but you are a I musical do, fan. I, I do we'll love you stop talking about Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. <laughs> listen to it today. Anyway, anyway, um, Flex. while running
4: <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah. The but, <laughs> <But shot. laughs> it's like this weird impulse you have yeah. when you listen to a musical song you to go out and run after. Yeah. You know, like, I know it's yeah. weird. <laughs> um, but you, you brought up the listen. you brought up the music video for 1979, and that's not one of my favorite tracks by the Pumpkins. No. It's not one of my favorite songs, but that music video for some reason means so much yeah. to me. Like I, it, it is one straight up nostalgia. Yeah, like, I remember watching that video before leaving for school mm-hmm. every morning in what, like second or third grade. Wow. And I thought I was like so cool that I liked the pumpkins mm-hmm. because I was young and, you know, in elementary school. And I was like, I like the pumpkins and I like Green Day. And and I was just, I guess, super pretentious when it came to that stuff. No. But that that album or that music video, I'm happy you brought that up because as someone who does not care for music videos all that much, I, I absolutely love
4: that
2: one. Honorable mention here for mayonnaise. Um, oh man, that, it's yeah, a great, that, song. A great <laughs> song. That that narrowly got etched out
1: on my list. Yeah. I will say uh,
3: for any listeners, Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm gonna nerd out. Uh euphoria the song Silver yeah. F yeah F yeah. Star Star. Yeah. Uh that live version is so awesome because when it gets to the uh I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but if you listen to the live version of that and get to the end, I think it's so phenomenal. I think that's one of the greatest smash. Spoilers for
2: parts. a
1: 20-year-old <laughs> 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 For an album. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott, what's your number three, Three. Man? Number three for me is one of my favorite songs. I just love it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... And, it, and this could shock some people but it is You Vandal by Saves mm. the Day. Mm-hmm. And the Check. and the reason why I picked it is because I, I I love pop punk and mm. and that was a genre that I listened to a lot in high school and college and even now. Um I don't listen to like a whole lot of new stuff when it comes to like pop punk if I'm going to listen to it I'm going to put on like old blink or or you know Saves the Day or Newfound Glory or something. But that song is just so fun. It got me, I, that was probably like the first world pop punk band, pop punk band that I like really, really got into. And I was in ninth grade and I was just, I would just listen to that, that whole album through being cool from mm-hmm. front to back is so good. And that song in particular sticks out and I, I just love it. I think and,
0: we saw them at the record theater, didn't we? Like up in we, the did. Yeah, we did.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, with newfound glory, with newfound and, glory, and, yeah. and, and that was source. well. I was, I was working at the time, so I'm trying to say it was probably. I think it was a first year teacher, so that was you know nine years ago or so mm-hmm. that we went to that show. I've seen Saved Today a handful of times in, in high school and at the 9:30 Club and um, Auto Bar, or other wherever else. Definitely 9:30, but um, that that song, which they never played it live, unfortunately, whenever I went, but. That song is just so great. I just love it. Uh, it got me into a lot more pop punk, like mm-hmm. Taking Back Sunday and stuff like that, which I don't think holds up nearly as much as the Saves the Day no. stuff. And I listen to that album all the time when I'm out for a run. the The only the only criticism I have is if I'm on like a run, and I, I can, that album is like. 30 minutes you know Do so it's you, like so uh, short that you're just i, like, I think it yeah. keeps you wanting
3: yeah. more yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know that record but i yeah. definitely like those albums that are short enough
1: um,
2: it's very it's, it's yeah. a short album but 20, it's so 20 to 30 it's minutes kind of the, yeah. that's kind of the beauty of it though yeah. that's why i love running with punk music because you can listen to three four albums and yeah. you know finish out an hour and a half two hours you know whatever yeah. you yeah but um Regarding my number three, uh, I mentioned earlier that I grew up on country music and a lot of it was pop country, and I still have a very soft spot for a lot of those pop country artists. Uh, particularly, like, I, oh man, I just listened to that song, The Dance by Garth, Garth Brooks. Brooks again. That song, the one where he's like, "Ah, oh, I
4: wanna dance with you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more twangy, that, like, <laughs> I know.
2: you know. Uh, no, um, I, I still love all that theme. stuff. But going back a lot further, uh, my my number three is uh, "Crazy" by Patsy Cline. Mm. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I think I think why that song means so much to me is manifold. It's a song that my mom loved and would play for mm. us all the all the time. It was kind of my introduction to music in general. It's one of the first songs I really remember hearing. It's a song that it's a song that introduced me to this idea of there are more songs about heartbreak. Yeah. I think than there are songs about actually being in love and this is such a plaintive sad song. This is an appeal. This is her saying to someone like why why do I let you do this to me? and you know why why do i worry and it's it's such a the i mean the piano melody alone will just rip your heart out patsy lived a sad life patsy lived hard and not that she had some of the problems that other country musicians did but she was a fascinating person and she had this so tortured that she lived in frederick <laughs> It's not, true. Not a joke. But she, <laughs> she has a voice that will echo through the ages. She, and, and it's kind of funny. She, like,
1: yeah, Patsy Cline definitely does.
2: And, it's, and I think for that reason, the timelessness of her voice, it's really funny. Yeah. I feel like there are a couple of different sci-fi movies and TV shows where they're like, do you remember the planet Earth? And some person is like, no, I don't remember Earth. And they're like, this was a song they played on yeah. planet Earth. And it's some Patsy Cline song. And it's supposed to make you all nostalgic for like – the old days, you know, and I—I yeah. I think that's what she evokes in a in a modern context. But really, they are timeless songs. It's a timeless voice. It's heartrending, and it's also just so powerful at the same time. Yeah. And that song really resonates. That song haunts me
3: because yeah. when my my our mother was just like, "They're gonna play this at my funeral." I was like, "Oh, that's a little morose," but. Yeah. So now every time I hear that song, I'm just kind of like, oh god! No,
4: it's
2: not my Emotions favorite. Beat them Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite Patsy song by a long shot, but I'd say. But in it terms triggers of, like something else. Right? Oh, yeah, it, it, a it hits red, me. a resonance when I that. hear the first couple of notes on that piano when that song starts. That lilting sound, I am I'm, I'm taken there. Yeah. You know? But uh, hit us, Ryan. What, what do you got?
1: So number three. My, number, number three.
2: <laughs> Actually, not a number three.
0: A pool of songs. I think some of us are doing numbers. I'm just kind of pulling them You got out a puddle cool. of songs? You got a yeah. puddle of muddy songs. <laughs> uh, so this one uh, Jeez, is one man. that uh, – uh, <laughs> We we can do an acapella. Yeah. <laughs> Let the Scotty
4: set the floor. Let the Scotty <laughs> set the floor.
2: So
0: my parents uh, and my brother, growing up, uh, always had like a uh, a love for going out uh, for birthday dinners. You know, I think it's not uncommon, obviously, for a lot of families that stuff, but we tend to go to the same places. Yeah, it's uh, Sakura for my brother Spencer, and it's Outback for me. And for years running, uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. we. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, so, <laughs> it's a mighty fine
0: establishment Being this mighty fine establishment uh we would always go there and go to the same restaurant after a while you start to uh pull uh ideas for keeping it fresh like mm. any relationship any just your like ingredients you absolutely fresh as can be blooming onions and everything else and so we invented this thing uh called a Birthday challenge where uh, for yeah, five, seven years running, I would eat uh, ounces of steak equal to uh, my age at the time. And mm-hmm. I think uh, the latest I did it was uh, 30 years. So that was 30 ounces of miscellaneous steaks from Outback. How would you feel? Uh, <laughs> I um, – um, like you guys keep talking about running and all that stuff there really wasn't much movement for me for about a couple days after yeah ryan's heart stopped yeah well i wasn't talking about that per se but for uh, 30 minutes though. um it always ended uh with uh you know uh, my brother and i in the car because we were in college the last couple of years of doing this or, or doing our own thing living i guess out at this point we were like 30 or i was 30 at that time and uh one song would cost me played on my birthday while Spencer was driving, and it was uh, called uh, "Cowgirl" oh. by uh, T Pain. And
1: <laughs> I did not expect T Pain yeah. to make an appearance no. today. No. I, so, I was thinking you were uh, going
2: to say "Down Under" by yeah.
0: Met at Work. I, I'm
1: happy T Pain did. That. <laughs> I
4: mean,
0: like, so go ahead. This is—I always feel like it's going to be. I think you three are very inclined to liking the same music but i kind of pull from a lot of different areas because i like to listen to yeah uh just whatever sounds good and this is one of the ones again i think what kind of got me into this area was because it was this uh um uh, music video that was uh so interesting and just uh you know t-pain on top of everything you know uh having his uh uh, song on top of that and just like I, this song would just be played on repeat Yeah, on absolute repeat there's thudding beats there's uh, highs and lows with his voice and everything else you know and I've got a belly full of beef you know as I'm heading home and all that stuff and it just you know it really hit me like that was uh, some cherished memories with my uh, uh, my brother in the car and everything you know driving home after an uh, experience so I can, really, you, can you system. give me the hook for cowgirl I don't know how it goes uh, it's a lot of his uh, auto-tune stuff, so I can't really do it. But if that.
4: you do this, i can. Mean, like,
0: hey, <laughs> right. Well, I'll have to listen to you it You might later. have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm going to launch into uh, mine. Uh, so mine was Nirvana's Lounge Act. Uh, Never Mind was a really, 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 really big album for me. And it's the album that actually made me understand that there was like heavier music out there. So, Lounge Jack at the end, when it gets like progressively angrier and he starts screaming more and more and more and more, like that was something that was like, oh my God, it gets so much heavier than this. Like, and that was the song that I often listened to over and over again. Uh, Actually, on that album, uh, Drain You Lounge Jacked. And Stay Away were the three that were like the heaviest on that album. So we would constantly go back to those tracks on that album. Yeah. I remember specifically we used a vacation in North Carolina. And I was sitting in our old red Ford Bronco in the backseat with my crappy Discman player. The play button had fallen off. So I had to use a pen to like jam down on the play button to make it
2: play. But I would listen to those three songs over and over and over and over again. Was there something? What did you imagine when you were listening to it? Was there any sort of imagery that you got for him? I mean, probably Kurt Cobain yelling because he, like, to me, it was just like he was
3: kind of like godlike in that, I don't know. eight seven year old mind i don't know how old we were but he he was yeah he 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 had that status i remember i lost my absolute cool when someone called him kurt cocaine in school and i threw him off a bench seat and lost my cool (laughs) (laughs) that was the
2: least of his
1: problems so
2: scott hit us with number two
1: just so we can uh number two for me is is one of my favorite songs of all time and it's Idiotech by oh, Radiohead. Good song, good song. And Radiohead is a a Mount Rushmore band for me. And I, I picked this song. It's off of the album Kid A, which is a very challenging album I'd to agree. listen to. It's, I think it is a masterpiece. But it is very challenging, especially if you listen to the album, the two albums before it, The Bends and OK Computer which are very, you know, especially the Benz, a, like a rock album is what I would call it. Mm. You know, good, very guitar heavy. And then you had OK Computer, which was very, it was very artsy. And that is also, in my opinion, a masterpiece. But there was a lot of guitar heavy riffs and, and drums and, and you know, what you would expect from a band from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kid A comes out and it was very electronic. And it was very challenging to listen to. Mm -hmm. And one of the songs that stuck out was Idiotech. And that, like, I just just remember listening to it and I was like, this is so, like, this is so good. I know it's very electronic. It doesn't sound like a lot of their old stuff. It doesn't sound like anything that is out there at this time.
4: Mm -hmm. And
1: I've seen Radiohead three times in concert And two out of the three times they have played that song. And here's another reason how it just impacted my life. It's one of my favorite concert songs ever. Mm And when Alex and Drew went to Philadelphia last summer to see them, right before their encore, they played the National Anthem, which is a great Radiohead song. And then they played the end of Hunting Bears. And then they led right into Idiotech. And that was i i could watch that on youtube yeah. on repeat constantly and i, I remember i remember like sitting there or standing there in the pit and i was like oh my god they're playing idiotech they're playing like and just like going insane yeah and that and that was the last song before their encore and i remember so they did whatever band does they leave the stage and you know pretend they're not coming back and in all honesty i was like you could end right there like yeah. you it is not gonna get any better than what we just yeah. saw but then they came back and played like fake plastic trees and street spirit. Um, I was I was I had never seen. So them. I'm happy they came back. But they that's like a it uh, right there.
0: a three hour show, really. Or they play like no, I, don't no, know, I was, awesome. probably, no, it was, I was two. two. I would say two. Two yeah, was two
3: is great for me. It's, two's a great number. with Radiohead. You kind of want more. Like they yes. need you oh, wanting more. You will, yeah. I feel like yeah. there's so many songs they could have played, but they did two sets for that tour in in that back venue. to back nights in Philly. And yeah. I think uh, I was bummed because they didn't play my favorite song. Is uh, Climbing Up the Walls. Yeah, off of OK Computer. Yeah, that, and then I would go for uh, Amnesiac. Um,
4: Let's go down the water. I might be
3: wrong. I might be wrong. They yeah. did play it, though, when we saw I remember that, yeah. but they did not play Climb Up the Walls, and specifically why I like that, and going back to the Nirvana song, is because he yells at the end of that yeah, song. Yeah, that scream. I mean, they didn't, like... scream at the end. Of his, like, fast. dissonant vocals in the beginning, I think, is so cool. And at the end, where it just kind of dissolves, and he's screaming, like, climbing up the walls. Yeah, and, I, do. I love and that.
1: One last thing with Video Tech. The Kid, uh, Kid A and Amnesiac both came out when I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember with one of my friends in eighth grade, we were listening to Kid A and talking about it. And, again, it was just, like... No one else was listening to that album. That was the the height. Not of, in our high school. No, no, and that was the middle school. I was in eighth grade. Any so,
0: teachers? Like any yeah, I was history? just about to
1: say. So yeah. I'm talking to my friend about that album, and at the point, or at this point now, most people in my school at my middle school are listening to like new metal and Lincoln Park and Leave Me Alone, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. But me and my friend are talking about uh, Kid A. and yes, there was a teacher who heard us talking about. Kid A and he said like how much he loved the album and we were like what like, that sharp no okay no no uh-huh. um, and uh, but we were like you, like you listen to Kid A like you like Radiohead and it was like so, it was it was so cool yeah
2: you know what really strikes me about that song and I'm glad you brought it up is just the lyrics themselves are so bleak it it really feels like the end of the world yeah it, it's that about, song. I'm, I'm, like,
1: if I if I'm correct I think it is about mm-hmm. the environment and right climate change and it's the ice end, age coming yeah it's the sort of end of thing. the end of the world yeah. yeah
2: it's it's a it's a it's a well none of their songs are particularly happy but yeah. it's a it's a bleak one but it, it yeah. ju- and, and the the kind of percussive quality of the whole song it, it just has this like rhythmic almost like a metronomic feel to it yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's just a fascinating song yeah. like Orally speaking, yes. Uh, my number two. I'm going to butcher this so bad. Um, I, I I don't even know if I should try. It's but pronounced it's
1: pronounced Duhas. Duhas,
2: but you dad, Do Haas- yeah. yeah. Do- fro- Uh No, this is a uh, Sven Einar. Uh, by <laughs> Sigur oh, okay. oh, yes, yes, yes was uh, so sure about to yeah, say it must, yeah. so it must be a Sigur <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so, It must be a Most people know it as We will type up
0: notes afterwards If you are trying to find yeah, it Yeah, <laughs>
2: I'm going to try it again Sveni Annar What um, track? What album? Number two from Aegis Burnham oh, okay. um, oh. So it's It's what, eight or 10 minutes yeah, long? At, it, at least. It at might least. be. Oh, that sounds like a good karaoke song. It yeah. might be the world's chillest. <laughs> it's, all song. It's, Icelandic.
4: Counts, yeah.
1: it's all in Icelandic. It's so, cool.
2: it, but it's not. And that's what I find really. Compelling about that song and their music in particular. Um, is
1: that song instrumental or is it?
2: Something no, different? it's not Icelandic. He he made his own language. Oh, all right. So, like, I think a lot of people think that he's singing in Icelandic, but it's actually his own. It's it's tones. It's it sounds like yeah. language, but it's not exactly language. It's something. So ethereal. he did like the Alan Tolkien thing, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, very
3: Tolkien, very. But Tolkien.
2: what what. What really fascinates me about that is I I heard that song Watching the stars on a blanket With all my friends on a summer evening Out in the middle of nowhere And it was just this Absolute cosmic moment Between friends We all love and trust each other And you just hear the song that kind of Harnesses that The song reaches real far down there It almost sounds like a heartbeat And it's just this really I, I think what stands out to me is how it transcends words. Even though these words are made up, it doesn't really matter. The emotion is conveyed through this song and I love ambient music. I love music that is unconventional and tries more to evoke a sensation or a feeling from you than try and be more explicit with what it's doing. And for that reason, I, I love all of their music. And I know Scott, you and I had a great time seeing two years ago. Uh, that was wonderful. I, wish I had caught that show. It, it was so good. It makes you feel so warm. I was warm. out of town. Was, that yeah. was
3: because they played what the same night or a back back night with Bon Iver or something like that. Maybe Bon Bear.
1: It was how are you? That show. Shit. That show was. <laughs> oh, Got it. We, we, <laughs> Drew and I that week we saw Tool. Oh, Ryan yeah. was with us, and then the yeah. very next day. We saw Sigaros. Was not there for that
0: one because did not care.
1: (laughs) Oh no! I I will tell you that I think Sigaros was five times better than
2: Tool. No offense to Tool; they're fun. fun. But Sigaros, I think, in that that, is regard,
4: yeah,
1: very, (laughs) very different. But I think I think what
2: what really hits me hard about their music is that it it flies above kind of all these initial understandings and goes into something that's a little bit more spiritual and emotional for me. And for that reason, I really respond to it. And and it's, it's music that did change my life in the sense that it's something that, uh, introduced me to this whole other kind of realm of, you know, uh, understanding music. And it just really, like I, I've said multiple times, it resonated with me. But No,
3: talk and parentheses I, are the two albums that really stuck out for me. I haven't listened to the record you're talking about as much, yeah. but I do really appreciate them. And I think Godspeed really gave me the, the yeah. tools to kind of learn how to listen to their style of music. And yeah. it seems weird. Like I'm also like a massive Bjork fan. Yeah. So I think that's uh, all kind of tied. Well, in I had a there, question but.
0: for the two of you guys. Yeah. Uh, you both have a older sister, and I was curious mm-hmm. if she passed on or got you Everything. into
1: those bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say... <laughs> Definitely the pumpkins for you. Pumpkins, no, uh, Rage I'm Against the sand sand Machine.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah, I can she, vividly remember Drew and Allison because they were really into alternative, and they got all their CDs, and they would put D's and A's on their CDs to like
2: differentiate the ones. Yeah, because no one shared. We all no, had all three your of your own had copies, copies of, of Collective yeah. Soul. Your own yeah. copies of everyone had their own stone uh, table pile. I didn't have an older
0: brother or a sister. I had a. Well, it was two uh, older cousins, slightly older and even older, uh, Anthony and Calvin, that were always Yeah, but like, Calvin was ahead of the curve. He listened dude, to he, Pixies.
3: Yeah, and
0: Look, I, he and had Surfer Calvin Rosa. had some good music going through there, man. Like, I'm telling you, he got me into Rage. Yeah. And when I was at Camp Marshall back in the day, he got, you trunch trunch he got me hooked up. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, had so much of Rage about So, that, hit us man.
2: with your number two, do- Dose. So...
0: My number two uh, came back uh, to my uh, mall rat times uh, when I was hanging out with uh, uh, some high school friends that uh, we had nothing really better to do than hop in uh, a car and drive up to uh, Francis Scott Key Mall. Hang out, the uh, pocket change, and go play that dance, uh, dance, dance baby. A dance go in.
2: shoplift, like no, go, never no, shoplifted.
0: No. I uh, kept everything above board. I wasn't talking about, but uh, go to that Dairy Queen, go to that Dairy Queen, and spend my steal stuff and, uh, from there. <laughs> shoplift a Dairy Queen? Yeah, no, 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 no. That. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No. But, uh, <laughs> getting back to the point, though, uh they had a uh, uh, couple of places where you could buy legally purchase with proper U.S. tender. Uh, Suncoast they had a place where you could actually go and get uh music videos on DVD, mm. and so one of the ones that stood out was uh when I found uh Daft Punk, mm. and Daft Punk uh had a series of music videos, and the one that stood out uh was uh, they just stopped by, hey Daft Punk, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I was, uh, (laughs) 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 the whole crew's here in the big enough basement, uh, around the world, uh, was a video where great video, great video video. all done in one shot. I'm pretty sure one shot, like they had a shoestring budget, budget, you know, like the mummies looked like they were wearing toilet paper, you know, the, uh, the guys with the big shoulders just looked like they had like paper mache underneath an oversized coat and everything, you know, but it ended up being like one of those, like, just. Standout videos absolutely. in my life, just because mm-hmm. literally uh, I would it's put a that great thing song, on. yeah, yeah. It and it just it just moved. It was like one of my first electronic songs, I guess yeah. you know. And then I'm like, how can I not love uh, two French guys that make great electronic music and wear robots. helmets that light oh, yeah. up yeah. all the time? They're like robots, absolutely yeah. amazing. So that was that was my uh uh next one, I guess you know. So yeah, what about I, I remember Drew had a DVD or something of that sort of like a couple of their videos.
3: And I remember seeing around the world and being pretty enamored with like the choreography and being like,
2: yeah, all of their videos, their whole retinue, like, especially, uh, which song was it with the dog on crutches?
4: Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, walking around on the same DVD. Yeah, Bumps
2: yeah. into his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, he got really on He was up. having a falling down. I it was lo- I loved it. Yeah. It's such a surreal, funny thing. And then they had all the anime music videos. That we'll all and play together stuff. Yeah. yeah. My Voltron days and all that but stuff. But it's all funny. Scott videos. and I were talking before you came over yeah. tonight. And I said, I guarantee. I was like, if yeah. Junior Senior doesn't make the list, then Daft Punk will. for oh, Ryan. Yeah. But yeah. Alex, what about your number two? I'm going to cavolt and
3: Obscure. Metal's been pretty pretty instrumental in my life for a yeah. long, long, long time. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Slayer's Dittohead, uh, a familiar. guy we used to ride the bus with in middle school, Alex, which Drew was very familiar with him, played me Slayer's Divine Intervention. Uh, and he started me with Dittohead, which is the fastest song I had ever heard until that point. Mm-hmm. And from there, I just – I listened to Ozzy Osbourne. I listened to a lot of other stuff, I think – that like where where Nirvana kinda had the uh, the ending of that one song that was like extremely lounge act where he's yelling at the end. Yeah. Like Slayer, he was just yelling the whole time. It was the fastest, most aggressive thing I had ever heard. And that was my that was the instant love I had for Slayer. And I was I was hooked from there and then found some of the older stuff. I, I always went back uh, and then around that same time i found sepultura which is arguably my favorite band of all time it did not actually make this list but troops of doom yeah
2: another yeah. shout out <laughs> but slayer had this ferocity to them like they were they were like a legend when you were yeah, growing up that, that was my would... introduction to like the heaviest metal and then yeah. from there it
3: was uh he, he he would bring on other tapes that his brother had and he would let me tape them on uh I'd make cassettes of like six feet under and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah.
2: But they Slayer has this mythology and they have the and it's interesting because they perfectly bridged that gap between thrash and punk and yeah. all of these different I genres did. into they did. and it just crystallized and and people talked about it in like hushed tones, like Slayer, you
3: yeah. know?
2: I don't know if anybody
3: was whispering Slayer, but I'm with Slayer like the, I guess
2: they were shouting it, right? Cover <laughs> art
3: on, on Divine Intervention, and while I wish I could say I was born cool and I listened to like I don't know, haunting the chapel when it was first released. I'm not no, you like, caught up. Yeah. So that was like the one album and the imagery on that album, if you've never seen it is like a, I think it was created by West Ben scooter, if I'm not mistaken, kind of irrelevant, but it's a skeleton. It's Jack Skellington. It's yeah. a, it's a skeleton in the uh, shape of a face of a skull with uh fangs and then the uh, oh, the slayer yeah. pentagram with the uh, swords. Definitely the best. giant parental advisory kinda <laughs> <me> for a little <laughs> bit. I loop think that's too.
0: larger than most of us yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I guess getting down to our number ones. Yeah, well before we did we each shared the number one, I thought we should have just um some honorable mentions, like songs that almost made yeah. the list. And because there's there are a lot more than five songs that have impacted my life and and my my wife could could back this up, but I'm as I'm really into music. It's like every time I hear like a song, I have to I have to tell like the whole my whole life story about how I heard this song, where I was when I heard it, and how it impacted my hence life. This episode, yeah. Hence this episode. <laughs> so there's a lot more than five. So here are some of the other honorable mentions that I had. I I, I came up with three. I'm just wanted to say them quickly, and then you can kind of share yours. Yeah. I have Street Spirit Fade Out by Radiohead, which mm-hmm. is the closing track on The Bends, mm-hmm. And the reason why is The Benz is a very solid rock album. But then the very last track is Street Spirit Fade yeah. Out, which is very like – it's 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 like hunting at yeah. times, how it sounds. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. And when I heard it, I kind of felt like that was a, a transition to what they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And then the very next album was yeah. OK Computer, yeah. mm-hmm. which was very – like it felt like that was a good trend. You yeah. end with Street Spirit, and then you start kind of okay pick computer. it up with that yeah. same tone, and it and it is a shift in the tone. Yeah, Where yeah. you listen to like Fake Plastic Trees or or Just or, or any other song on the bends, and compare it to Street Spirit fade out. That it, it's so different. Oh so I thought it was a good transition.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Another one that I have is When I Come Around by Aww. Green Day. Yep. And again, elementary school. It, I'm listening to that song yep. helped me get into like punk rock. Absolutely. And again, as someone who does not like music videos, that music video just sticks out to me. That is a perfect pop song. Yeah. Like it is a perfectly constructed
2: song. I'm glad yeah. you said that. that I listened to it often. That yeah. whole I had that cassette, and
3: when we went to. Uh, summer camp I constantly listened to that album and I remember the day so that it good. blew yeah. up in the tape player Yeah, and I was trying to get someone to help me re-reel it I think it was one of the camp counselors and they're like this is beyond repair man yeah. and that was such a
1: bummer I was no. just like all right well
3: time to ruin other yeah. tapes yeah.
1: yeah and then my my last honorable uh honorable mention is Terrible Love by The National mm-hmm. and the reason why I picked that song because, as I said, songs that impact your life could be, it motivated you to do something, it was a chapter in your life or whatever. That was the album that I was listening to when I got hired at my job. Mm-hmm. So I remember driving to the interview, mm. listening to that album, so, and then it started a new chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's the opening track off of the album High Violet. Which is weird because that album has a lot of sad moments in it. Yeah. And it's probably not something you should listen on your way to an interview. But anyway, but that song is just so good. So I, every time I think it was like that kind of started the next chapter, like a chapter in my life. And then when I just saw the National, I saw the National last week at Anthem. And when they played during their encore, they played um, Terrible Love. And the lead singer gets off the stage and he's in the crowd singing cool. it. And he's in the crowd and he walks right past me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool, you know. And yes. Terrible love. Yeah, so he's <laughs> singing terrible love, and then at you know, the song's over, he's in the middle of the you know of the of the floor there, and he's walking past. Like he's got to go back on stage to finish the set, and he's he, he again walks right past me, and I was like. I should touch his hand. I'm I'm gonna pat him on the back. So, sure enough, he walks (laughs) out and just pat him on the back. And I was like, God, I'm like, it was so awesome. He was thinking to himself, he's like, there's always got to be one guy. Always one one guy. I was not the only one, though. Everyone who we walked past pat him on the back. And then, like, everyone was videotaping it, of course, because everyone's on their cell phones. So, like, the next day, I got on, like, YouTube, you know, typed in that song at Anthem. Found a couple videos and it's like you you can see me right right then and there like oh, nice. go. yeah so that's that cool. that song it was a great concert moment it was a start to a, a, a new chapter in my life so that's why I put a uh, terrible sure. love as an honorable mention yeah the
2: honorable mentions I have I, I really thought about the December a lot I love the narratives oh, that nice. they spin and if I had to pick one it would probably be. A little bit of a cheetah be crane wife uh one, two, and three.
4: Yeah.
2: Um I've mentioned I've sprinkled in my other honorable mentions, but Rye, you got any? Got a few. Uh some that stand out. Uh The End of Heartache
0: by uh Kill, Switch Engage. Ooh. Uh that was a song that I listened to on repeat mm-hmm. when I first got into uh weightlifting back into my Towson days. And uh, I noticed that there's something that goes hand-in-hand with doing uh, repetitive movements with uh, heavy weights and songs on repeat that just seem to coincide with one another. Mm. Uh, another one uh, was a song uh, by a band that recently got an, uh, an award for a new album, but it's an older song called uh, The Black Plot by uh, High on Fire. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, that video is something that – that's definitely a uh, – but the black plot just takes me back to that absolute moment or anything and I was just looking up this one song by uh, uh, outcast because outcast has always been oh, yeah uh, my Not family uh, my cousin uh, uh, Riley and my brother uh, Spencer all grew up together uh, you know spending weekends together just you know family vacations Pizza Hut dinners and all that stuff and outcast was one of the uh, bands that was always on repeat and uh, you know they got away for a while and then uh, when they released the uh, double album uh, was Speak- the speaker box, speaker box and in low, below, low. Uh, when uh, hey Ya came out that was one of the songs that just kind of told me that there's something you always knew that there's something special about Andre but like that yeah. song just kind of showed you like the he's such a different kind of dude. Like, he yeah, just, sure. absolutely on there. So that's probably my overall mentions cool. right there. Uh, I got a couple. Um, I'm going to go with Morbid
3: Angels, uh, Dominate, and Where the Slime Live. Uh, those two songs together are really influential in terms okay. of how I found yeah. death yeah. metal. Um, I'm going to say Opeth, Still, ba- Still Day Beneath the Sun, and Patterns in the Ivy Part 2. Blackwater Park was like yep. a oh. perfect album for me. And yes. I think Drew can get with me on this one. Yeah. We only had one CD in the car when we were going to our grandfather's funeral, and it was that, and it was two songs. And we just listened to it back to back to back to back to back, yeah. back to back to back to and from the funeral. So yeah. that those songs are uh, just de- definitely kind of uh, shaped some things for me. Um, then I'll go with uh, Portal, who's another death metal act from Australia. Uh, Sourlows and 13 Globes or That's when I realized that metal can be like kind of otherworldly and like very transcendent uh and it kind of opened up another door for me into like more extreme metal Mm -hmm. that uh it's definitely theatrical and just really fascinated me like kept me entertained by the costumes they wore yeah that grabs you but the music was like so warped sounding and it kind of Took me to another world, and well, then uh, I'm gonna go with the Beatles. Yesterday, that was like a very yeah, important song. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> a bunch of metal, sandwiched right by yeah. A classic. <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> sprinkle one of those in. There? Yeah, the fail-safe. mainstream success, right? Y- yesterday
3: for me was definitely uh, that was kind of the starter, and I was just like, man, I really love this melody. It's also kind of sad, which I've always tended yeah. to go. If, listen to my list like to forgive depressing song like everything's been kind of a depressing song so i always gravitated more to like the sad songs and yesterday uh we then listened to beatles one and then i found all their other stuff and i I listened to probably my favorite record by them would be abbey road followed by the first side of the white album followed by uh sergeant pepper's And I I just kept like listening to those three records on repeat, and that really gave me this love for the Beatles that I never thought I would have. And then Scott, I think you and I kind of oh yeah, I I definitely created my
1: list of my favorite Beatles songs and shared it with you.
4: Yeah, we sent.
3: I feel like you sent it back like, yeah, brother,
1: yeah, you get it. I I mean, the Beatles are my favorite band. I had a I had a Beatles themed wedding. I mean, oh, I still have my uh, tag from my table. (laughs) So I mean, the Beatles. Mean a, 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 a ton to me. I didn't actually have it, There are plenty of Beatles songs that have impacted my life. And I feel like if when we do an episode on like five bands that impacted our life, the Beatles would definitely be on there for me. Mm, yeah. But my list, actually, I didn't have Beatles. Um, but yesterday is unbelievable. So my number one song that impacted my life is Movie Script Ending by mm, Death Cab for Cutie. And Death Cab is. is I feel like I've said this for all the bands. They are one of my favorite bands. I, I love... Their first handful of records are front to back so good. And if I had to pick like a soundtrack of my life, it would probably be Death Cab for Cutie songs. Not that I can relate to everything that he has, but like in high school, I loved Death Cab. In college, I loved it. Like at every moment in my life, Death Cab was there. Mm-hmm. And... Movie script ending just changed how I really listened to music. It got me into indie indie rock, and I remember the first time I heard it. I was in Damascus. I was living in Alabama. I came home to visit, and I was hanging out with with some friends, and we were on our way to Burger King out of all places. And that song came on, and I was like, "This is like unbelievable." I was like, "Like who? Who? What is this song?" And it's movie script ending. And then I just got into to Death Cab. Uh, ben Gibbard is one of my favorite songwriters. And I love his vocals. That album, like, even though a lot of Def, Tab, Def Cab songs can be like pretty sad. And that one, I mean, it's tough to interpret art because you're going to take it in different mm-hmm. ways. I i think I, but anyway, their songs, you know, can be kind of sad. But every time I hear that song, I just smile. It just makes me so happy. Even though, again, the song you could say it might not be a very uplifting song. Yeah. But it just, it just makes me so happy. Out of my alley. And, uh, and like I, the way I interpret the song is, he's from Seattle or he's from Washington State, and he, it's kind of like he's in other places and he just doesn't feel like he belongs there. It kind of feels like the Washington is his is his home, mm-hmm. and I kind of like whenever I travel and listen, and I listen to that song a lot. I kind of feel like not with Washington, but w- when I'm traveling and I'm someplace else, I kind of feel like the same way. Like I might like where I'm at, but like. Maryland is my home, and yeah. that's where I kind of want to be. So I kind of relate to it in that in that regard. And again, I just I just love love that song, and it just it just makes me so happy. Yeah. It makes me think of
2: uh, sleeping in a cheap IKEA bed with my record player right next to my head, and just playing that album on loop. Yeah, like that's all I can think about when I hear that song. And really, it's one of the I mean. If if I could count songs that
1: I had heard more than others, that would probably be number one or two. And and how you said the album, (laughs) the album, the photo album. Yeah, I mean, for people who like indie rock, I feel like you can't you can't write the story of indie rock without the photo album Mm. being mentioned. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's a good call. Uh, My number one is uh, the Modern Leper
2: by Frightened Rabbit. it's a song that I, it's a breakup album to end all breakup albums. Uh, it's a song about. Never mind
3: Melancholy and the Infants.
1: No, is, yeah. this
2: one, Midnight Oregon Fight, puts that one to shame. Midnight Oregon is, Fight is. That's tough. the breakup album. That is tough. Listen to it and and come back to be on that But I don't know if I will. Like <laughs> it might be terrible. Well, it's, it's, it's an album full of. Uh, moments Scott Hutchinson passed away last year he threw himself off the uh Fourth River Bridge and he he had been promising since that album to do it he had a song called Floating in the Fourth and he had been promising for years to throw himself into the river and he even has a lyric at the end of that album I think I'll save suicide for another day like he battled with that his entire
1: life yeah listening to that album that song that whole album you're like this guy had I mean he had demons he had it was there it yeah. was it was yeah. palpable and it's just
0: like how mental health is just you know you yeah. see it in every form man
2: yeah but I, I think in that song he talks about his uh, emotional challenges as being like a, a, a physical disability to him and uh, it's it's he's talking about being a modern leper on his last leg yeah. and it just evokes such a sense of place you hear that and you hear this like broke you hear him not even trying to mask his his Scottish accent, his delivery on that. And it it, it sounds like Scotland. And it just started this obsession with the country for me. I, yeah. I liked Scottish musicians before that, but that really crystallized it for me. And I have a lot of memories of running in Scotland listening to that album and particularly that first song and crossing over all the Clyde Bridges and, you know, being in that Scottish reign that he mentions in, the, in, in that song, um, you know, he he just does such amazing things with his lyrics uh, and really puts you in a place. You feel it. Yeah. It's real. And I think it speaks to a heartache, whether or not you've had that sort of life ending breakup or not. I, I, I don't think any of my breakups have been that
0: Absolutely. Or you're often, even in but a place where you're feeling such conflict and everything, yeah. knowing that there's a route of expressing yourself in that manner, and then also trying to in any form you can trying to find help and everything, which is yeah. so important, right? Yeah. You're absolutely reaching out and communicating however you can to say you know, healing is nothing to be afraid of. Right? Yeah, I mean, but, like but a I don't even—I
2: don't even think he was trying to heal in that song. He's just trying to let it out. And I think no matter what you're going through, like if you're feeling conflicted, if you're feeling pain, if you're feeling sad sadness, you hear a song like that, and it opens your heart to it, and you kind of bleed out a little bit of that. You, it's catharsis. It's catharsis. And 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 it's songs like that that help you kind of. It buoys you, you know, yeah. it brings you back up. You Because you know to that you're not of... alone
3: in that sense.
2: Yeah, and, and and it just gets it out. It exercises it from you and, and like, you know, it just gets out of you. And you can kind of cry or have the feelings that you're feeling and then, you know, feel a little bit better afterwards. And I think for a lot of reasons, Frightened Rabbit is one of my favorite bands of yeah. all time. That song, I feel, echoes for me and it's just a really really powerful thing for me so that's enough blabbing ryan what's number one so for me uh this band has always
0: been uh ever since uh rated r Ooh. and everything else has it's always been got some quatsa yeah quatsa quatsa has always been uh my favorite band uh ever since like days of uh my reminiscing of uh, driving out to uh, my friend's uh, place uh, at Deep Creek and everything and we would always have uh, Queens of the Stone Age on uh, playing these songs on loop like over and over and over again and uh, there's one song that stood out like after all uh, above all of them it was uh, Go With The Flow
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Go With The Flow is a song that can be interpreted in so many different ways but I've always seen it as like a a broken song about broken people and it kind of just says like accepting and kind of just like you know eventually just moving with things accepting yourself for what you are and just kind of moving along I guess and I don't know if it's so much like a it was always a song like during breakups I would kind of listen to where it was like a a understanding and knowing that you know this too shall pass I guess and moving right along and saying there you go but there's also the other side of the song too where it's like accepting yourself and the other person for their faults, saying that you're not uh going to be the perfect image of each other maybe you guys just perfect for each other in that moment i guess you know and that kind of was important to me i guess like you know kind of through like the college years and all that stuff Mm -hmm. you know where kind of that stuff so it always was like a, a sound song and also the video is bad
2: but is that that's PG. the computer animated one? Uh, it's a computer animated yeah. one with the red and, I and black I remember really that's striking. Yeah, that that the yeah. whole imagery surrounding that album is so oh. well realized. Yeah, yeah, it it's just so well
0: done. I mean, it helps like a uh, girl was on drums on that album everything, <sighs> you know, and That whole album he will so slap. slap a kid. It was <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> that he's he slapping, slapping a kid. Was <laughs>
0: slapping, slapping coming over this end. We don't <laughs> condone child violence. Uh, but uh one of the things that like stood out to me, though, is, and I think you guys would agree, is uh, maybe we can talk about this at some point in time when we get to our next topic. Our of favorite playing. Queens of the Stone Age our song. Favorite Dave Grawl song. <laughs> our favorite <laughs> Dave Grohl song. I was going to Queen, say... Queens uh, of the Stone Age song. Our five favorite Dave Grohl's.
2: <laughs> I was going to
0: say... <laughs> I
1: I top, Dave Dave Grawls. Grawls. top five Dave Grohl. Top five Dave Grohl's. Go, go, go,
0: Uh I was going to say uh, uh, best produced albums that you've heard. Mm, best mixed in yeah. all. That yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. put that up there as one of the best like produced albums with the radio. It's got a good flow. Yeah. It's got flow. an amazing, goes with the flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, no,
3: that's yeah, a great choice, right? I, I think i never really viewed that song that way. I really love that record because mm-hmm. they, uh, on top of it being <laughs> a really good song or every, every song I'm getting gives on some of those songs, like hanging tree are Mm. just like really haunting. Lanigan's great. I highly recommend anyone listening, check out, uh, the album Saturnella by, uh, the gutter twins, which is Greg Dooley from the Afghan wigs and Mark Lanigan from the screaming trees. And also sang a bit with Queens of the stone age, that whole record start to finish is so, so, so good. Um, hit us with number one. I will, uh, this is again, uh, I think I changed my song like three times since we've been going around. Uh, I had dissections where dead angels lie. Uh, I was working at Tower Records at the time. Uh, There's an interlude where it's like very silent and he's whispering something. So I like raised the volume to like hear what he's saying and then in, er, in the middle of the song, there's this girl screaming, like, bloody murder, and it scared the crap out of me. And I was just like, I was already hooked on the yeah, album at yeah, the yeah, yeah. but I was like, Wait, what the? is this something secretive I don't know yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. That being said, here? that's not even my song, it's honorable mention. Uh, I'm going to go with Faces by a band called Warning, and the name of the album is Watching From a Distance. Uh, I think I decided on that once you were talking about that frightened rabbit record, and then I started thinking. I was like, well, "What's the most depressing album I know?" And I can think of many. Do many, you think that's why I picked it?
2: That no, it's the most depressing. No, album. no, no. I, I, so,
3: so this, I think, this album in particular. I remember going to Philadelphia to see Pentagram when they first reunited uh, in a long time, and our, our friends from Serpent Throne were playing. They were the openers on that show. And I was sitting in my old car with a bunch of friends from Philly listening to that record. It was filled. And it's one of my fondest memories of my friend Dave, who unfortunately passed away many years ago. But it's like one of my fondest memories is that it was like, you know, six yeah. friends piled into my car, just listening to this record, all like holding each it, other, yeah, yeah. singing yeah, every lyric song. Oh, yeah. And like that, that, that album, when I first heard it. It was like so addictive. I was like, man, who, who is this band? And I feel like his vocals are very polarizing. But when I heard it, I was just like, okay. I No, I totally get this. And it clicks. Yeah. Uh, he made another band called 40 Watt Sun. And there's a song called Carry Me Home. And I remember flying home from Australia, like lovesick or whatever you want to call it. And that was the song. There's a lyric that's, uh, tomorrow I'll be walking a different city under a different sky. And it just it resonated with me, like Mm -hmm. the amount of like, uh, emotion I felt leaving Australia and like all the friends I made out there. And it was just such a sad song, but such a happy event that happened. And it's just, I I think of these very depressing songs very fondly. And it brings me back to a place that is very, very, very happy and comforting, comfortably numb, if you will. But (laughs) I won't.
4: Cool.
1: Scott, what do you got? Well, i we went through our top five. Let's get oh, that was, yeah, I, I, well, we that was good. Why was I expecting another yeah. one from you? So we got um, yeah, we we went through them. I thought that was interesting. We found out a lot of a lot of stuff. Meatloaf came up. We found out that three of us have Whitney Houston on our yeah, on our man. running list. Yeah. maybe the next time someone. Oh no 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 she's definitely on my stationary list.
3: I'm a, I'm a, <laughs>
2: I'm casual. I will I will definitely cut a rug when it comes yeah. on at a wedding. Yeah. Oh you have. Which to. I feel like it's
3: mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know I, I, but, and it's funny because I again I we do have a lot of similar interests and yeah. I I hope this doesn't fence us in too much. You know yeah. I hope yeah. I hope this isn't looked at as like you know, the same guys giving the same recommendations. I no, I
0: do enjoy fried and Rat. <laughs> I, think,
2: I think
3: it's very diverse, and Brian, I think yeah. you bring a lot to the table from, like, hip-hop to rock
2: to... Trust me, I thought about putting DNA by Kendrick on here, and I, I, I just... I worried about, about that. still waiting for that DM from uh, Kendrick, man. I don't know uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm surprised
0: you didn't put Flaming Lips on there because you were the yeah, one that turned me yeah. on to you. It would have been like a uh, honorable mention, but yeah. it was actually uh, even better than that album was a uh, hip-hop crossover album they did where they, they mixed a whole bunch of uh, those songs. They mixed the entire album with a whole bunch of, like, 90s and, like, aughts. Like, Yoshimi? Um, yeah. With, uh, Yo wow. With okay. A it is, it's a mashup, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is w- Worth amazing. checking out. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think uh, one of the things we can do, if we can figure it out in the show notes, is uh, hear that on podcast every once in a while, yeah. is maybe listing out the songs and linking them to yep. incredible we'll sources. We'll make a Spotify playlist. A Spotify
1: playlist would be the better yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. And I mean, so we we went through our our top five, and like I said, I I think that we we offered why, like we have Tool, we have Whitney Houston, we have Radiohead, we have Meatloaf. Um, you had some metal bands that I can't remember Slayer, and a few others, but I'm not metal's not really my thing. But it's like I you know I will go and listen to it and check it out. But
0: it perfectly um, uh, sums up each individual, I think, and where they're kind of come from. And yeah, it's, it's fun because these kind of conversations provide insight into friends we've had for decades at this point in time yeah. i'm still
1: learning things about people you know yeah. and it's like and people i've known for so long and i'm i mean the people who are listening to this are obviously people who know us and and maybe they kind of you know they're, they're learning as well like oh i didn't know like how their definition of impacting their life was this and and you maybe know, they want to
3: dance with somebody maybe
1: they do or maybe if they see me running they'll be like He's rocking out the Whitney. <laughs> you
4: know, <laughs> You're look at you know. <laughs> oh, it's Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, there it is, it's just Whitney. Now, if they, uh, the
0: listeners, if they want to maybe contact us and send some of their own things, how can they get a hold of us? Well,
1: well, we're in the process of setting up like a a, a page where you'll be able to like. Hopefully, send us some topic ideas that you want. Topics. <laughs> page. X, X page. page. So no, we'll, if you
3: scroll down for yeah. like a solid two minutes, you'll eventually get to our contact it's, information yeah, at the page. Just a
0: you whole bunch of the uh, snowflakes over the uh, web page. Oh, just right. a bunch of
2: dancing baby right.
1: gifts yeah. for like three. Pa- <laughs> Sorry, Scott. No, that no, under
0: no gif is still going. But still I, going.
1: I really like what, having this podcast. Is we we want to have our friends on it. Like, we have Alex as our first guest, who so I hope he's on a bunch of episodes. And if you want to be on it, if, you, if there's I a topic – I will give you Scott's phone number. Yeah. <laughs> well, if the chances are if you're listening to it, you already have it. Or you have some of the other ones, like Either Brian or you get calls at 11 and You know, yeah. where, I, you know <laughs> where I run. Yeah. You will find it But uh, <laughs> we be, would love to have you on it and we can talk and, you know, it could be about movies. It could be about podcasts, books. Um, uh, anything. It's just our top five, whatever. Hence why it's called top picks. And we want to do this again, like once or twice a month. And anytime that we have an episode, all of us will put it on our social media, and we'll we'll link it and everything there. And I hope you enjoyed it, and I, I hope that we do more of these uh, episodes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, guys. Uh, Thanks for of, listening. Count yeah. of
2: three. What's our sign off? Are we gonna do like a podcast end thing? Uh, uh, on do, the count of three, so well, long
0: and well, don't, well, don't listen to fish.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> well, that's like, good enough for me. <laughs> you know, like whenever you listen to the end of podcast and like if, they, if it's like an interview with a guest, they'll be like, hey, can we get like a picture? And then they like put it on their yeah, wall or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I want to do that so bad. Oh, Like if sure. Alex is our first guest, we'll just take a picture. Sure. Of her. Yeah. Can't we'll wait
2: until uh, we tell your wife. We, we should sure.
4: nail enough yeah. kind of photos but, of friends wall. But
2: we need a sign off. And I feel the sign off for every episode should be with somebody who loves me. You know, so long and don't listen to (laughs) me. Really, really it's just advice for life. We can
0: workshop with
4: somebody who loves me. All right. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night. (laughs) Good night.